Allen's a superstar. Stop being a hater, everybody. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Windshield Factor Podcast. This is the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I'm your host, Justice General. I appreciate all you guys for tuning in and listening. Today, I have a very, very, very special guest, uh, somebody who I've been following on Twitter for a little while now, co-host of the Goated Mafia Report. What's up, Vince? How you doing, bro? How you doing, my brother? I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Good to have you on. So, obviously, as much as I don't want to talk about it, <laughs> we kind of have to get into the game yesterday. <laughs> See, uh, I'm new to this whole podcast stuff. This is like my first year doing it or whatever. So, typically in the past, when the Bills lose, I just tune out football for a week. I don't watch ESPN. I don't do none of that. But now I kind of have to talk about it. I got to go into it and, and dive deep. So might as well get it out the way. Uh, what did you think about the Steelers game yesterday? Just overall, uh, you know, how'd you feel about it? Uh, it was, it was, it was pretty different. Uh, I, I expected a little bit better, uh, but you can kind of tell, you can, you can really tell uh, some of the guys are a little bit rusty uh, uh, yesterday. So um, I can't, I, I can't sit here and, you know, and that, that there's a lot of blame to go around in certain parts. I can't specifically put it on one person. So, but uh, yeah, it was it, it, it was tough. I ain't gonna lie, it was pretty tough. That's not if you had to if you had to put it on anybody as far as like you don't have to put it on necessarily one person. But what were the the aspects of the game that you do put it on? You know why we lost and you know because we shouldn't have lost. But yeah. uh, you know what, who do you put it on? And you uh, can name multiple people. I, I definitely, I, I, the, the old line definitely has um a, a lot to do with it. Uh, I think if I had to put a percentage on it, I'm probably gonna say like twenty, maybe twenty percent on Josh, because because I, I did see a lot of a lot of old tendencies from Josh yesterday, but a lot of it was more of old line play and uh his, some there was a lot of his receivers not helping him neither. Um, the defense did as much as they could. So I, I don't think we can, you can't really expect much from them because they play lights out pretty much to that fourth quarter. Um, but I, I know a lot of people, and I don't know if it's just me, but uh, Levi really struggled yesterday. So I gotta, I, I gotta point that out. I, I can't, I, I can't let that, I can't let that go unnoticed. So. I don't think you said anything I, I would disagree with. Um, you said Josh, some of his old tendencies kind of rear their ugly heads. What what were those tendencies? Do you think? Uh, him holding the ball, him holding the ball too long, and I, I really don't think he was able to get through his progressions like he wanted to because he was pretty much under pressure all day. So, but of course that doesn't help when your O line ain't really protecting you. But I can't really, I I can't get on them too much because that still is front. That still is front seven is 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 very tough. Uh, to guard, especially in one-on-ones, and you know you can't sit here and double team T.J. Watt, and you got Cam Hayward to deal with too. But still, it's it's that they, they're in my my personal opinion, they definitely are a top fifteen all line. You could even say they top ten, but they did not play like that yesterday. So 
Yeah, but that 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 also played a lot into why you saw Josh doing some 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 old things that that we didn't see from him a lot last year. Okay, I I that's interesting. You said that the Bills have a top ten O line. I would I I would say top fifteen. I you could say they could have a top ten O line if, if they, mm. they 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 played like it before. But I I say top fifteen. When healthy, I know that. PFF, I think, had them graded around that 10 area. Um, so I, you know, it's it's not like unheard of, you know, to say that. I just this is the first time I've heard that, you know, as <laughs> since yesterday. Uh, but I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's it's a bad opinion or anything. I'm just, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people have been talking about kind of we need to revamp the offensive line, we need to just blow it up and and restart. Uh, go out and get new guys or whatever the case may be. So do you think that we need to blow it up and, and revamp it? Or do you think that they just need to, you know, some growing pains and they'll be able to get it back on track? I wouldn't say necessarily revamp it. I mean, people got to realize uh, the O-line you saw yesterday, that was a projected O-line for last year. And they never, they only play like, I think, two games together, all, all five of them. So, I mean, there was a lot of filtering in and out. and for what I mean, for what for all that filtering in and out last year, Josh somehow made it work. So, but I mean, that was the first time seeing all five of them play together in like God knows how long. But they're, they're all talented guys, and I really think I mean that they, they they got money for a reason. So, uh, they they they're usually good at their protection, but I, they just really struggled yesterday. But I really feel like that's a lot of rustiness. So I believe. This week coming up against the Dolphins, they'll, they'll be able to correct some of their problems. Okay, uh, that's that's fair. I, I agree with you um, on that point. So you mentioned Levi Wallace had a bad game. There's been a lot of people saying, "Oh, we knew it." You know, uh, Levi's not a good cornerback. We we should have drafted a guy. We should have signed a guy, etc. Do you think Levi is? a future corner on this team or do you think that he, he, he's got to go I, I wouldn't say necessarily he's got to go um i think there, there's really there's still some flaws in his game that he has to work on because there has been times um over his career and that he's proven that he can be a solid cb2 but um a lot of glaring things show yesterday with his ball his ball tracking skills is really really what hurt him yesterday um, and then he also has a tendency to not be able to read certain routes. But, I mean, I, I ain't going to say necessarily get rid of the man, but I would have liked to have seen Dane Jackson preferably over him because I think Dane Jackson showed a lot more uh, showed a lot more over the course of last season than, than Levi did. But, I mean, it's understandable. I mean, he, he's been there for a while. You know the system. I understand Dane is still young. So, But, I'm, but to say to get rid of him, no. Okay, and a, a lot of people's opinion is that, and mine included, the defensive line and the cornerback or sec- secondary, right, rather, kind of go hand in hand, right? It's mm-hmm. like if you have a dominant defensive line, your cornerbacks don't have to cover as long. Mm-hmm. If you have a dominant corner, you know, your defensive line, or they can cover longer, your defensive line gets a little bit of extra time to get to the quarterback, right? With that being said, Levi had a few bad plays, but overall, the secondary pretty much did their job yesterday. Did you have a problem with what we saw out of, uh, you know, the pass rush unit yesterday? 
Um, I'm sorry, this would be Sunday because uh, this yeah. podcast drops on Tuesday. So I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say I had a problem. Uh, I, I think they did they did uh, as good of a job as they could to get to Ben, but because everybody knows when, when you playing Big Ben, when you playing quarterbacks like Big Ben Brady, they, these guys like to get the ball out fast. So I mean, as much pressure as you can. I mean, they, these guys are getting the ball out in under two seconds and two and a half seconds. So it's kind of tough for uh, guys on that D-line to get to them. Now, as you saw in that first half, uh, guys like Mario, Gregory Rousseau, they they were getting there. Um, but then there was also times where they were in those quick screens, and it did, it's, it's kind of tough for them to be able to get in his face. But then uh, what you call it did get away with some with an intentional grounding call, which I, I should have uh, – I would rather have them call, but, you know, Penalties, penalties are part of the game, and they're gonna get called, and some they're gonna miss. But to say that, um, to say that they they uh that they struggled, no, nah, I wouldn't say they struggled. Okay, um, so the 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 run defense was pretty solid, I would say, for the most part. I mean, maybe one drive they kind of you know let uh Najee gash him a little bit, um, but. You know, it was understandable due to the complete momentum shift that happened um, in that second half. Now, speaking of momentum shifts, fourth and one, you punt. Fourth and three, you punt. Fourth and eight, you go for it. And then fourth and, and, and you throw a deep pass. Fourth and one, you throw the ball backwards five yards in order for to let Matt Breida try to go ahead and get a first down. What was your opinion on game management and play calling between McDermott and Brian Dayball? Uh, I love my coaches. I, I swear I do. But Brian Dayball had had some some. It, uh, it, it burned a hole in my head with some of his play calling because it, it reverted. It reminded me of 2019 with his play calling because I have no I have no idea. Uh, on some of these possessions, what was going through his mind? He he called like twenty four quarterback draws, and that really pissed me off. Uh, I understand, I understand Josh's size, and you 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 can use him as a runner, but he does not need to be a runner all the time. That's what we have running backs for. Now, granted, I understand this is a pass heavy lead, but if you can't find a balance between passing the ball and running the ball. A lot of teams are going to be able to pick you apart, which is why the Steelers were able to stay in the game as long as they did yet uh, on Sunday. So the, the the 24 quarterback draws were a question mark. I have no idea what the hell he called on fourth and one when they were um, uh, when they were on the Steelers 40. I, I have no idea. I think what it was was that they were trying to draw them off sides and they really didn't want to call a play, but they went ahead and hiked it anyway. So, uh, but yeah, his his his. His play calling was very questionable. Um, I'm not really going to sit there and put it more on McDermott because I know he kind of don't really um, – Call plays. He's not, he's not really on that the offensive play calling. He's leaning more towards defense. So, but, yeah, they both had a lot of question marks yesterday or on Sunday, I should say. Yeah, I – I think that's very fair to say. Uh, it was a lot of stuff that, I, again, you mentioned it. The quarterback draws I was really uncomfortable with. I uh, heard some people saying that Josh is a great runner, and that's fine. But 
We have running backs for a reason. Speaking of running backs, uh, Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. We had Matt Breida come in, didn't have the best game. What was your opinion on Devin Singletary? And then after your opinion on Devin Singletary, what do you think of sitting Zach Moss in favor of Matt Breida? Uh, when Singletary got his touches, he, he he did what he was supposed to do. So, I mean, it was very successful when, when we ran with Singletary. I would have liked to see them use Breida a little bit more because um, I under I kind of the the healthy scratch with Zach kind of caught people by surprise, but I also understood why they went that way because Matt Breida brings something to the table that both Singletary and Zach Moss don't with your speed. And you can use that in the past again. They did not use that enough. Uh so I I, I don't know what, what the plan is, what the plan will be for Miami. Um if I'm them. But because I and I also understand why Taiwan Jones is active because you need him for special teams. But I mean, I don't understand. I, I would rather you have all three of those running backs active along with Taiwan than to have Zach Moss sit. And but of course, if you're not going to run the ball a lot, then there's no need to have that many running backs a- activated. So it's, it's it's very understandable. Yeah, my brother King Rich, he he said the same thing. He says. If you have Moss, Breida, and Singletary back there, there's really no reason you shouldn't have all three on the active roster. Um, so you're the second person I've heard say that. I, I did want to give him a shout-out because I did hear him mention that as well. Um, do you think that if you had to pick – I mean, so if we can assume that Taiwan Jones is going to be on the active roster because of special teams, if you had to pick between – and Gilliam was also active – if you have to pick between Moss and Brita, who who would you kind of rather have on the field with Singletary, assuming that Singletary is on the field at all times? Ah, that's that's pretty tough because I, I like both those guys. Um, uh, Zach brings that 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 power run to the to the table, and then you also, but then you also got Brita with that game changing speed as. You saw when he was with the the Niners. Um, they usually they, they were able to use him very well, and of course they had a um, they had they, they used a lot of zone run schemes to uh, help him be successful and get him into open space. Um, I'm, I will probably lean towards more Breda because I know he can uh, he brings that speed to the table, and that's something we really were, were lacking last season. Um, and, and there's a lot there's a lot more you can do with him in the past game than you can with Mars. So I probably would lean more towards Matt Breida. I, I tend to agree with you. I think that that's, that's a fair assessment, but you have to use Breida the correct way, right? Yeah. Like the way they were using him to me was stupid. First of all, Breida is, is a burner. He shouldn't be running inside. A, I'm sorry, that's A. And B, why not utilize the screenplay when you have Breida out there, right? You You have rushers that are destroying your offensive line, right? let them come in, you know what I'm saying, dump it over the top, give it to Breida out in space with blockers in front of him, be able to make some plays down the field, use that speed, be in the open field. I think that that's probably where he's going to be most effectively or efficient, rather. So I I, I don't like the way they used him yesterday. And on that third and three play, uh, (laughs) excuse me, that third and three play, you give it to Matt Breida, Mika Fitzpatrick comes and chops him down. I can't help but feel like Devin Singletary jukes that. 
He he because I I've rarely ever seen Devin Singletary get hit by the first guy. Devin Singletary typically makes the at least the first guy miss unless he's like there's no holes in the backfield and and you know they stop him immediately. But out in space, especially you know with the the field vision that Breida had available to him on that play, mm-hmm. uh, he was running downhill. Singletary is going to stop on a dime, make me get Fitzpatrick miss, and at least get the first down, if not more. So, and then not only that, but on a very nice play, you're throwing it backwards five yards to Matt Breida, who again can't make the guy miss a cornerback. And and not only that, but I, I mentioned this before, you're motioning over the receiver, uh, you know, to the other side of the field. So now the cornerback is on the edge. You see that it's obviously not man. It's his own play. You you got to be able to recognize that. All right. If, if you know this guy's on the edge of the line right now, this play is not going to work because he he's right there waiting for it. Um, you know, Reggie Gilliam was trying to get over there and block him. He was too late. Uh, Matt yeah, Breedo, there, no, there, there was no way he was going to. Yeah. They thought the way the throw was. There was no way Gilliam was going to be able to circle back, block the dude that was coming off the edge, and then Matt Breedo be able to have enough time to even make a play to try to get to the first down. So there was. I would have rather them sneaked it. Even though the Ravens were expecting that, I would even you either sneak the ball or we run an outside zone. Like that, there's mm-hmm. I mean, it, if you're gonna call a play there, you either sneak it or you run an outside zone to try to get outside. That I don't I have no idea what that play call was. But then there was also earlier in the game where you could see Josh consistently telling McDermott, keep the punt team off the field. Cause I know I know we can get a first down. Cause personally to me, I'm sitting here watching, I'm like. This is no this is no disrespect to the Steelers, but there's nobody in that secondary that I really believe can hold anybody, any of our receivers on our roster. So it was very confusing to me why Josh is sitting back there when he did have time and he can't really find anybody because, I mean, I'm pretty sure these guys are playing zone. They also probably threw some man at him. But if you really sit here trying to tell me guys like Cameron Sutton, Joe Hayden, who's past his prime, but he's decent. I ain't gonna sit here and knock on him like that. But you got Joe Hayden's passes prime, and I have no uh and I know they don't have Mike Hilton anymore, but whoever the third corner is, um you're not you are you are not telling me that that these guys are holding these guys one on one. So uh yeah, and then they, they show they even showed it a couple of times in the replay. He's literally telling him, keep the punt team on the field. We don't need them. So uh it, it was question marks all over the place, but I really feel like they coached hella scared. Um, against that team, even though we've beaten this team twice in the last two years, so it was it it was very compelling to to watch. You know what? That's a really good point. I, I didn't even think about that, but I think you're right. They were coaching scared, and that was very mm-hmm. odd. Uh, you know, because I'm 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 not really used to that, right? Because fourth and one, you don't go for it. You're punting with possibly one of if not the most potent offense in the league mm-hmm. fourth and three you're punting with one of if not the most potent offense in the league fourth and eight you throw in a deep ball what, what was the logic behind that i don't understand that line of thinking at all i don't understand the line of thinking of going for it on fourth and eight when tyler bass can make a 53 yard field goal like i don't remember the last time tyler bass has missed a field goal I now i know and I'm pretty sure they were showing them zone. They, they were showing them zone coverages. I'm pretty sure it was fourth downs. So if you're telling me guys like Kyle, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders can't find holes in their zone on a fourth and eight or a fourth and three, then we have a problem. 
So I, it was it, it was it was very it was very tough to watch, but you know it for them for them holding on as long the defense held on as long as they could, and I couldn't really be mad at them because they played lights out in the first half, pretty much the first three quarters, and in the fourth quarter once they realized that uh, the offense really couldn't do anything else, then at some point they were gonna they, they were gonna give in. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, so what was your overall takeaway from this game? Do you think we'll be able to bounce back or do you think we have some major problems we need to fix? Uh, they'll, they'll definitely be able to bounce back. I mean, they, they, uh, to be honest with you, I would rather them have this loss now to where they can go they can go into a, a, a practice week and understand, hey, what we did against the Steelers, we can't, we can't do this if we want to be successful uh, later on down the line. If we want to get to where we need to be, which they have high expectations, and everybody on the team understands that. That comes with when you lose games like this. This is this is the backlash you're going to receive. So of course, and then you you got guys like uh, Poyer and Hyde in the in the press conferences uh, after the game saying, "Hey, it's just one game. We we we, we good." So uh, of course, there's a lot of there were a lot of glaring um, miscues, but I think they can be easily fixed. But the O line definitely needs to play better. In order for them, in order for the offense to be where it needs to be at, but um, play calling has to be a whole lot better because I, 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 I'm still, I still can't get over the fact of what Brian Dable was doing against these guys, and they yeah. definitely need to find a balance with running the ball. I understand that's not what they, that's that they're gonna be pass first always, but you, but you, you gotta do something like you did when they played the Patriots in Buffalo last year. Where even though the conditions pretty much told them, hey, we gotta run the ball. But if you could find a, a balance, you have Devin Singletary who really who what I saw, which I don't think a lot of people noticed, his vision got a whole lot better because a season ago, some of those runs, he's probably just gonna like he's not really looking for an open hole. He's just gonna run where he's gonna run and not get anywhere. But as you can see, if he saw one hole close it, he looking to find to get somewhere else and make other people miss. So I don't think a lot of people noticed that, but but I definitely did. <clears throat> All right, fair enough. All right, um, I think that's that's fair a point to make. Um, I I tend to agree with you. I think that uh, is it's just one game. Um, of course, I, I was the guy saying we're going seventeen and zero, so I got some egg on my face for sure. But um, mm-hmm. it is a little concerning, I must admit. But the, the my saving grace, the thing that makes me feel better, is. I feel like we were the better team on the field that day. We looked like the better team on the field that day. Our defense was stout, right? Our offense was was better than their defense. We just didn't execute. Like, the plays were there to be made, uh, whether it was an errant pass. Exactly. Whether there was an errant pass, a drop pass, whatever the case may be, there was opportunities for, you know, us to, to make those plays. So, you know, maybe Josh was a little nervous. Maybe the guys were a little nervous. You know, it was a roaring you know crowd whatever the case may be but uh hopefully we'll bounce back next week and uh next week we have a big one we go ahead and we play the first place miami dolphins <sighs> they got a w over the patriots on sunday uh 17 and 16 two didn't have a great game but he got the w so it is what it is there well what are you what is your expectations for miami at miami next weekend uh, I mean, of course, the run on joke, uh, 
this, this Josh Allen is their father, so I, I expect a lot because um, he's had a, he's had very successful games against the Dolphins. Um, I didn't really get a chance, which I'll, I'll probably go back and I'll probably watch highlights uh, later on in the week of what uh, uh, against um, that Dolphins game against the Patriots. But what I did see, I know I know Tua had a rushing touchdown from what I saw. Um, but for the most part, I, I think a lot of those a lot of those glaring mistakes that you saw against the Steelers. They'll definitely be able to correct. Um, really, they, they, they got two talented corners over there in uh, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, uh, which they, they, they didn't struggle. They, they, they struggled a little bit last year. But I know in that last game that they played, which for us, we were already in the playoffs. So we really didn't. It was just we're we, we going to play and we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I expect them to, to run the ball a little bit more. And definitely find and definitely run the scheme that I know that they know how to run, and they was gonna call better plays. I, I pray, I pray I do. <laughs> please, please don't fail me, because uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I call for them to fire you on Sunday. I'm not even gonna lie to you, because you, you you showed me you you showed me old day, but I don't know what that was. I didn't even see David from last year, where we got creative. Um, There's a lot of creative plays. That could have been had there, so I, I, I like to see some more creativity uh, on Sunday against the Dolphins. You know what? That's a good point because even in the preseason, Dable was showing creativity. It was a ton of plays where it was like, "Oh wow, okay, Dable is breaking this out in the preseason." Then you go to the regular season, and you about as vanilla as possible. So that was very discouraging. I don't they really showed a little bit of it. I'm seeing McKenzie in the backfield as a running back, so that that was kind of surprising to me. I'm like, okay, now I'm understanding why. Zach Moss is inactive because it looks like you had something drawn up where you're going to use McKenzie out the backfield, maybe some jet sweeps action, probably a wide receiver pass or something. So I mean, it's it, it he he showed that he can be creative, he just didn't do enough of it. So that, that's all that was. So let me get your opinion on Miami. What do you think of Miami as a team and and what you know their potential is this year? Uh, I I really believe that they, they probably can they, they can definitely um build on those ten games they won last year. Uh, it's definitely they could probably they they could even win eleven or twelve if if they um play well throughout the season. Uh, Brian Flores is actually a pretty good coach. I of course I, I have to knock on them just because they're in the division. So, but um, Flores is definitely a good coach. Uh, and he's shown that he can he he, he can put together a good game plan. Uh, for for that squad over there, but um, they they have to take care of the ball in order for them to be successful. Because if they can, if they turn the ball over or give other teams opportunities, then this is going to be a long season for them. Which I expect Buffalo to definitely get after Tua on Sunday. So we'll see. Uh, I, I and I think Sunday I think Sunday will probably be a breakout game for Russo. Now Russo had a uh, he had a decent game. I was hoping he'd get a sack, but um, I understand it's tough. First game, cool. Not worried about it. But uh, I definitely think he'll be able to get out there too well on Sunday. Okay, so we got a prediction. We got a, a Russo sack on Monday. I'm sorry, on uh, next Sunday versus the Dolphins. All right, I like it. Let me get your opinion on Tua specifically, right? Because I'm a, I'm a guy who doesn't believe in Tua at all. I think that they would have been better last year had they just sat to it the entire time. And they, they definitely would have made the playoffs if they just keep Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, at the helm for the duration of the season. I am also a guy who I believe Jacoby Brissett 
is actually better than Tua. I say that Tua is going to get benched by like week four or five. And then I can see Jacoby Brissett game managing the Dolphins into a maybe 11, 10, 11 win season. Right. So what is your opinion on Tua Tonga Vailoa or Tua Tonga turn the ball over? <laughs> Tua, um, Tua is, is, is decent. I, I can't say. Uh, he, of course, he had a he had a solid college career, um, but I think in order for and I and I've talked about this uh, plenty of times on uh, on my podcast. Um, but you know, you gotta it, 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 in order for a guy like Tua to be successful, really any quarterback in general, you, you got to get him weapons. So, um, and I know that the knock on him is that he can't stretch the ball vertically down the field. So and I don't and I don't think they did enough of that. I, I don't know if they did. I don't think they did enough of that on Sunday against the Patriots. But I mean, he's got. Well, you went and got Will Fuller, but he's out for five games because of uh, suspension. Uh, yeah, suspension. Um, he's got Devontae Parker, solid wide receiver. Uh, I'm pretty sure they still have Preston Williams. I don't know off the top of my head. I like both those guys. I think yeah, that I'm both just, of those guys the, the are a lot better there. than people give them credit for. Yeah, yeah the, the, the talent is definitely there, but um, I just don't know if they know how to scheme or they know how to play to two of strengths. So and Mike Gesicki uh, is a beast too. But um, I I I, I agree with this. So what do you think playing to two of strengths? What uh, you know, what would that be? What is two of strengths that they should play to? Uh, you you you, de- you definitely got to use the, the 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 read option, uh, most definitely. I think because because of his mobility and um what uh what he you've seen him do in the past, you get you should definitely be able to use you. He's I'm not gonna say he's Lamar, but I think that type of offense would definitely fit him, uh, because he I mean he he can throw the ball. Don't know about vert. He can't really throw it well vertically, but he he can definitely sling the rock. Um, but if you're able to use the zone read, you know, perfectly where you're able to get defenders to bite and you're able to, you know, find ways to get, get, uh, get into open spaces in the field, then I think that's definitely where he can be successful at. But if you're, if we're sitting here just trying to have him a, uh, a pocket passer, it's not him. It's not what he does. That's, that's, it's just not him. So I think you got to find ways to incorporate that zone, that, 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 that zone read for him. I think that's probably that's, that's his biggest strength right there. All right. Fair enough. <clears throat> Give me three keys for the Bills to win Sunday against Miami. Uh offense, offense, offense. They're not playing. Um definitely, <laughs> definitely the offense. Oh, like I said, you, you you gotta run the ball. You gotta find ways to run the ball. Uh if, and now granted. I, I think Miami, that is a team where you can probably sling the rock and only run the ball maybe eight or nine times and still win. Because, I mean, we've proven it last year. Not, but And they also, uh, they didn't bring back everybody in that defense. But definitely find ways to run the ball. Uh, you you got to figure out, uh, Levi Wallace ha- has to, ha- has to, has to play better. Um, I, to be honest, <laughs> If if he struggles again on Sunday, I, I think we really have we might have a serious problem. And you might have to go to Dan Jackson, who I have been um I've been buying for him to be CB2 after what I saw last year. And I really think he earned it. But 
Uh, that, that I think that's that's definitely uh, number two. And I, uh, if a third point, um, special. Well, no, I ain't even gonna say special teams. Because special teams didn't even do that bad. Minus the minus the block punt. But uh, other than that, I, I, I think those two points really, in, in general, uh, being able to run the ball and having to and and see, Levi got to play better. And get to the quarterback. There you go. Get okay. get, get more than two sacks. Well, because the pressure was there, they just really couldn't, you know, sack Big Ben. And I think they'll be able to sack to a, a lot easier than Big Ben because of the, uh, the size difference. All right. I like it. I like it. I like those three, uh, you know, keys to, to go ahead and beat Miami. Now, uh, before we get out of here, I do need – I need two things from you. I need your prediction for the Miami game and then – since this is your first time on my podcast, I'm gonna need your prediction as far as the season win totals go. So Miami first, and then uh, we'll, we'll do the 17 game uh, season prediction. Uh, Miami on Sunday, I'm gonna say 34. I'm gonna say 34-17. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nice to the Dolphins getting a 17 point. <laughs> Let's be a nice. <laughs> I was gonna say fourteen, but you know, they, like I said, they, the, the defense is gonna be them. They showed that they are ready to go. I think it's more the offense who looked a whole lot rusty and looked like they, these guys weren't prepared at all. But no, me knowing Sean McDermott, he's not gonna have another week like he did this past week. So he, he usually after a loss like that. They usually come out and handle business as usual and carry it on. Absolutely. I agree. Um, coming off of a loss, Sean McDermott is, is typically really good. So uh, like, I, like I said on Twitter, I think um, this was the, the punch in the mouth that we needed to propel us moving forward in the season. And if there's one thing I know about Josh Allen and Sean McDermott specifically is that they typically learn from their mistakes. And uh, I think they'll be able to turn it around. Um, so 17 games this year, one extra game. We went 13 and three last year. Already got an L on our record. What do you think the uh overall record is going to be? Uh, they already got one. Uh, I, 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 I really believe that they can win 14 games, they should be able to win 14 games. I think if anybody, if any other teams will probably give them trouble, uh. With of course the Chiefs, as you saw what they did uh, this past Sunday, uh, with a uh, Baker having a very bad meltdown um, against those Chiefs, because and it, the Chiefs are a very tough team because if you get a lead on them, you feel like you have to continuously score in order for them, in order for you to stay on top, rather than just if you get up, you can easily run the ball, just run the ball, and usually you'll probably be successful. And be able to kill clock, and that's pretty much how you're going to be able to beat them. And then the other team, of course, is defending Super Bowl champs. So they'll see in Week 14. That'll be a very great game uh, in a four o'clock window. Uh, I think those are pretty much the only two teams that I really see them realistically giving giving them some trouble. Uh, so yeah, I definitely would say 14, probably probably 14, maybe 15 wins. You said the Chiefs and who else? The Chiefs who? And the Bucks. Bucks. Okay, so the Super Bowl teams from last year. So you you believe the Bucks would probably get the Bills fits even after they had you know trouble with the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday? 
I, well, I mean, it, it's early in the season, so uh, I, I think by by then you, you'll probably see that that defense that you saw in the Super Bowl. Uh, but then again, who knows? But I, like I said, just because they are the defending Super Bowl champs, they're definitely probably going to uh, find ways to get them fits because that that's a very it's a very talented defense on that side, and they got some good pass rushers uh, like Shaquille Barrett, JVP. Uh, you got Levante David and Devin White. They'll probably the Dominican, as as, yeah, and then probably Sean Murphy Bunch should be back by then because I know he had a very nasty elbow injury. Um, oh, yeah. And it looked pretty rough. And I know probably the best corner. Um, so I, he'll be back by then. But I think in that matchup, they're probably going to want to target whoever Jamel Dean is guarding because Jamel Dean looks like he – is lost out there when trying to uh, guard people. And I know Carlton Davis is a very solid corner. And th- th- that's just a very solid team all, all around. Um, and defensively, uh, the, defensively for Buffalo, I know they're going to be able to find ways to uh, try to shut that down because I know you got to worry about Chris Godwin. I don't know much about Mike Evans. I hope he'll find his way because that was very odd of him not being able to uh, – Get too many targets yeah, against, the against the against the Cowboys, and you saw a lot of Brady rekindling his relationship with um AB. So whoever has that AB assignment should be in for for a while, which it'll probably be Terry Johnson, but who knows? Uh, and Trey Davis might see some see some uh, reps against him as well. But uh, yeah, I, definitely the Chiefs and the Bucks. If I had to pick a third team to give Buffalo a, a run for their money. I'm, I'm trying to think of who else is on our schedule that was actually somewhat noteworthy. Um, Before yesterday, I would have said the Titans. To be honest, uh, I don't think a lot of people I, – I, t- I told people this last year. Uh, the Titans are frauds, okay? Uh, <laughs> the Titans okay. are frauds. That, look, that little win that they had last year because of COVID, and we did not know who the hell we were going to play, whether it was going to be them or the Chiefs. I, I don't realistically give them that win. They but in the Titans books, they can have it. That's fine. They can have that win. Um, because we all saw how that went for them later on in the season. But for them to go out there and get embarrassed by Kyler and D Hop, which that's not a knock on them. Those are very two talented players. But uh yeah, but that was egregious. That was a horrible performance. Had one tackle. Um that was like their biggest free agent signing. And apparently that is not looking too well for them right now because uh, but if Bud Dupree gonna pick it up by then. Now, mind you, that is a Monday night game on the road, uh, which I'd rather than have that game at home. And I think we kind of got jipped on on primetime home games. But nevertheless, yeah. It so that definitely won't be the Titans. I I really don't. See, I, those are really the only two teams that I really see. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um. Like I said, before yesterday, I would, I would have said the Titans only because I feel like we gotta beat them. We gotta re-earn that respect, you know. Before, um, you know, we we kind of say that we could just, you know, walk over the Titans. I definitely understand your take about them being frauds, and I've heard that before. A lot of people say they don't believe in Tannehill. Got sacked five times yesterday. Or yesterday, I'm sorry, Sunday by Carlos Dunlap. Um, they don't look good. They don't look great at all. So. Um, can't be oh, mad no, at that, it. That, that, that was Chandler Jones. I heard you say Dunlap. 
<laughs> yeah, I say Carlos Dunlap, I'm at Challenge on. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, man, I had a long day. I just did a live show. Yeah, I'm working on it, man. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> yes. Did you uh, have any closing remarks that you wanted to, you know, get off your chest? Uh, you the, know, the or Saints. actually the, the Saints, yeah. my my own Thanksgiving. That should be a good game. Especially from if, if Jameis is playing like that, uh that that, that that might be the third team in that mix to be able to give them some trouble. Uh but I, I think that that um, it's nice to have a another Thanksgiving game in, in three years. Uh, it's a night game this time, so uh, rather than oh, they game. So I did, you know. And uh, to be honest, if if they beat the Saints, I really think Buffalo could realistically be that that third Thanksgiving team uh, in that prime time slot. Um, I think they they've earned that uh, with, with with them. What you mean like consistently? Yeah, yeah, I, I probably, yeah, I, I think they should, they should be a consistent Thanksgiving uh, primetime game, especially. If, uh, I don't know. Well, right now it's looking like the Saints have that slot every year, um, even though we only play that division uh, once every four years. But um, if they're filtering out, then I think Buffalo should definitely be able to should be up for that spot uh, in that primetime slot. Absolutely. Well, look, man, it was a pleasure having you on the program. I really appreciate you coming through and giving us some great football takes. Very high football IQ. Um, I think you made a lot of really good points. Uh, so I definitely appreciate you, you know, joining the program. Uh, do you want to let everybody know where they can? Oh, absolutely, bro. Uh, do you want to let everybody know where they can follow your social medias and, uh, you know, let them know where they can listen to your podcast as well? Uh, you can catch me on Twitter as you see my handle down there, Advanced to God in all caps with an underscore. Uh, you can also catch me on Instagram at Vince to God 35. Uh, I do have a, I do have a podcast on um, the USN, which is uh, the ultimate sports network. Uh, that's where you can find to go to mafia port. You can go to that website. We got some merch up there. It's a pretty good, it's some pretty good merch. So if you want to get you some merch, go ahead, you know, hit up the website. It's right there for you. Uh, and also I'll let you shout out my man, D man. At D-Man HD, you'll catch him on Twitter too at that handle. Uh, and hopefully, I uh, hopefully I come on here again. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely, man. Uh, man. Hey, man, I'm down. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> great football conversation. I had a lot of fun. That was a really good convo. So, again, I appreciate you joining us, bro. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Love you guys. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the Bills and Buffalo, you know, network everywhere: Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, podcast. All that. We really appreciate all the support you guys give us. Um, so you can follow me at JA17MVP on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, Dwight Schrute's Ego. Uh, look, man, I got, oh, man, look, I got <laughs> first round by on Mondays. I got Windshield Factor on Tuesdays. I got um, Home Field Advantage on Wednesdays. Uh, man, so look, you, you, there's, there's a ton of ways you can, you know, Go ahead and access my content. So, again, I appreciate all you guys for the support. Uh, This is Justice signing off for Built in Buffalo. Thank you for listening to The Wind Chill Factor with your host, Justice General. Be sure to catch Justice every Tuesday only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.